the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Expecting good from someone despised. That's next on Times of Refreshing. Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, who returns us to the book of Luke, chapter 10. We were introduced yesterday to a Samaritan, and we're learning just exactly who and what a Samaritan is, why they were despised in their day, especially by the Jews, and how even despite being despised, there was good that came out of this Samaritan. Lessons we're learning from the Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman for today's broadcast. People have have stuff in their hearts that stops them from going the extra mile to reach somebody. Now, it could be the color of their skin. It it could be the way they're dressed. I can't minister to them. Look, they look all tore up coming to church. Man, look at all those tattoos. Their hair isn't combed. Well, maybe their hair is not combed because they just came from under living underneath the, the, the freeway. And the devil got them bound up and they don't have any clothes. And yes, they messed up, but now can we help clean them up? Can I have an amen? And so, so now what happens is, now what, what happens is, If we get into a position where now religious people start turning their backs because they have their own cultural baggages that they haven't gotten rid of and they haven't got themselves free from their personal preferences. And that's why I love when I, I love our church. I look around this building and I see all kinds of colors. Now, our church, we're going to have our own flow with worship and different flavors and different things like that. But my biggest thing is, when you come in here, I I want people to say, you know what? I don't know what kind of church that is. (laughs) I know they preach the Bible. And and they preach the Bible hard. They teach all the time. I know they're serving in the community, reaching people. Even their pastor is in high school, walking on campus. Uh, they, they just, you know, I don't know. You might come to church one day and they're singing some salsa jams. Some, some Christian salsa. You might get some hill song. You might get some old school, you know, Church of God in Christ. You might get, I don't know. It's a, it's a Baptocostal uh, something. I, I don't know what kind of church that is, man. They just go for God up in there. Can I have an amen, y'all? They guys a Presbyterian, Crest-Pentecostal kind of, I don't know, man. But God is in there with them folks. Can I have an amen? 
Now, our statement of faith is tight, and we make sure that all that stuff is tight. But when people come in, I want them to come in and say, man, there's no limitations. You're going to have, if you're black, you're going to have a white person pray for you on the altar. So, and if you don't like that, then you got to repent of your sin because you got something in your heart. If you're white and you got a black person praying over you, get ready for it in this church because you might just have that happen. And praise God because God doesn't care. Can I have an amen? But we see people that have been beat up by life. Then they come in the door. We're trying to patch everything back together and watch God renew person's life. And there's no limitation. So here comes the priest and the Levite. Oh, I can't get, I can't get over there. They're unclean. Can't touch them. The scripture doesn't say anything about who the person was in terms of their religious affiliation, whether they were a, a Samaritan themselves. It doesn't say anything. Just says a man went on a journey, and then, then these people wouldn't even go by him. And I think it's important that for us, we have to get our blinders off. Got to get our blinders off. Well, Pastor Kaufman, I'm not a racist. I don't have any problem. For everybody, okay, we're going to find out if you got any racism in your heart, any in your heart, black or white. If you got any in your heart, when your child comes home with somebody of the different color. And so some of y'all looking, some of y'all looking like, uh, that's why I love we got biracial couples in the church. I say, praise God. Yeah. Come on, break every stereotype. Break it all down. Come up in here, praise God. We want you to come up in here because we're going to find out who's got something in their heart when that happens. Some of y'all getting fidgety right now. Like... Girl, you bet, you bet not, you better. Don't give them the evil eye. Just let God lead them. Can I have an amen? I love it. Most of y'all know my, my wife, she's, 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 she's got, some, she got some black in her, she got some white in her. My mother-in-law walking here, I love her. That's my wife, man. I didn't look at her and start, okay, I looked at her and I said, girl, you look good. <laughs> I don't care if you was a blue girl. <laughs> Woo, let me stop. Let me stop. All right. Let me get back. Okay. So. <laughs> I wonder if she's watching right now. I love you, girl. Amen. And so look what he says here, though, in verse 33. And this is important for us because we're going to have people that we're encountering all the time. We don't want any limitations, and we don't want our religiousness. Listen to me, y'all. We don't want our religiousness to stop us from being a blessing to people that have been beat up in life. He says in verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Now, this is interesting because we, we talked about the Samaritan. And we talked about the fact that in Israel's history, there was, they were at an odds with, odds with the Greek-speaking Jews. These individuals who had taken the land. And there was a problem there. There was tension. And so Jesus is given this, this parable and this story. And it's amazing how he references the Samaritan. He talks about the priest and the Levite, the religious people that should have been doing what's right. And then he talks about somebody that the Jews had rejected. 
And he uses him as an example of doing something that was right that the religious people wouldn't do. It's amazing how Jesus, how he operates and he breaks down cultural baggage and bondage. And he says here that as he journeyed, this Samaritan who should not, who who the Jews, this is so amazing to me that he uses him as an example. He's trying to break something here. The Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was. And I think this is one of the problems that we have in the church is that we, we, we don't want to become incestuous. We don't want to just always be just, we want to rally around ourselves and we want to be a blessing to each other. We minister to God first. We minister to each other, and then we minister to a dying world. But sometimes we get so busy ministering to each other that we don't get out and reach the dying world. And now we're just practicing on each other, working on each other. Work, and we need to make sure we're ministering to each other. But saints, you can do more than one thing at once. I can be ministering to God and take my time ministering to God and then, you know, pick up the phone, meet with people and minister to you. And then I can get up and, and get out into the streets and do the best I can. You can do more things than once. Amen. You can have more on your plate than just one thing. But this is how the church should operate. And so we see here the Samaritan goes to where he's at. He, he goes to where he was. He didn't look at him and go away. He looked at him and was drawn to him. Because he's a good Samaritan. And I think it's for all of us. We get out of selfishness and start saying, how can I find somebody to minister to? Who can I serve? You know, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to join the church, man. And I'm going to get over into our outreach ministry. Because I know they're giving away food during the week to help people that are struggling. And they do it every week. I'm going to come down and volunteer some of my time. And serve somebody that has a need. You know, I'm going to give some more money to that ministry. I'm going to give some more money to the church. Because I know there's maybe I can't my job. I'm all over the place. But I know the church is out there reaching some people. I must be supportive financially to help them. I'm going to get out. You know what? I'm going to find a way to partner with my church to go out and, and minister to some people. Doesn't, doesn't, isn't there some lady named Ann Kidd in the church that has a He Cares ministry? And she goes out over into Richmond and they go over there and they minister to, to the kids. I'm going to go get involved in that and give my time to go and serve some people. So what happens you start thinking about you start thinking about somebody else. And we get our minds off ourselves. And then God starts to use us. And we go to where people are at. We got to go there. We got to go there. We, we have to go there. Pastor, you over there off East 14? You over there? International Boulevard. I call it East 14. You over there on East 14? What you doing over there East 14? But I'm over here just doing my thing. We don't call it International Boulevard. That's E14. I'm over there off E14 trying to, I'm over there. What you doing over here? My sons will tell you. I'll drive them down there. My son will tell you. We're going to go down to E14, just hang out. I'm going to take you all around here, see what's really going on in life. <laughs> Can I have an amen? We gonna, you, you raised over here in the suburbs. We're going to take you down in where you, we're going to teach you. This is what it looks, this is what real life looks like, sons. 
Can I have an amen? Let's go over here and just hang out for a minute. Let's drive up and down this street so you guys can see what's happening. And next time you start complaining, we're going to take another trip. <laughs> and I might just drop you off for a little while. <laughs> Leave you down over here by the 7-Eleven. And I'll be back. Come on down here and see what's going on in life. You're over here out here eating Grey Poupon and all this stuff. Brother, you better come down here and see what's going on in life. Because people are getting beat up in life. And life is tough and life's not easy. And sometimes it's rough. And, and sometimes we need to take a drive down the real street. <laughs> you know? Hey, Dad, what's wrong with him? He's on drugs, man. That's what's, Take him out. Now, you stay away from him. Can I have an amen, y'all? But sometimes we got to go to where people are at that are hurting. And we got to find a way to touch them and help them. And not just pass by and not just say, okay, God, get them. Pray for We're praying for you. No. Come down here. Come down here. You know, there's all this controversy. Let me say this. All this controversy over NFL stuff and guys taking a knee, doing that. I'm like, listen, what is that going to do? I mean, brother, you better get up and go get down in the street and start, stand up, get over there and go down in the street and go help somebody. Get up and go over there to where the people are at that are broken and bruised and hurting. Let's go to the inner city streets of Chicago and try to help somebody in Chicago. Let's go to Oakland and try to help somebody in Oakland. Let's go over here and try to help and stop talking so much and get yourself dirty and start getting in the community and help somebody. I look at this stuff, I just start laughing. I'm saying, man, I'm too busy working. I don't have time. I'm too busy grinding trying to help somebody get off these streets. He said he went to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He was moved, compassion. He was moved with passion, with passion. He was moved with passion. I see your condition. I want to help you. And I'm helping you by going to where you're at and trying to have an impact to touch you, to bring you out, not keep you where you're at, but to help bring you out. He was moved with his compassion. And I think this is the same thing. And I, and I think, obviously, we have to have wisdom and balance and all these things that are great to help us. But we have to look at this and say to ourselves, do I care about the plight of my neighbor? Because my neighbor is anybody that has a need. That's what he's saying. Who is my neighbor? Jesus gives him this parable. It's, it's, it's whoever you see on the side of the road that's tore up. And what happens is, am I being moved enough with compassion? Say, man, I want to I go out and I want to reach this person and help them in their situation. I feel what they feel. I feel what they feel. I feel what they feel. He says here in verse 34, he says, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and it says he took care of him. And this is what we need, especially as us, as as Christians. 
Jesus is helping us to understand his heart and his mindset towards what he sees as injustice, what he sees as, you know, the plight of man and, and what has happened to people. Is Our job is to come forth and we're to help to bandage people's wounds. Pouring oil and wine. And set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. You know, one of the things that this is amazing to me is we have the most powerful message on the planet. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. The power of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel, it brings healing, it brings deliverance, it sets people free, it'll get your mind right. God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, will come in and just cast the devil out of you and get you going in the right direction. And we sit up in the pulpit instead of preaching about the power of the gospel and and the power of God and what Jesus will do and that he's alive and he'll do this in your life. Just surrender your life to him. Repent of your sin. Instead of doing all this, we start getting up in here talking about politics. That doesn't have any power. That's not the power of God unto salvation. That's not going to bring healing to people's bondages. That's not going to set the captives free. And deliver our hearts from all kinds of evilness and pride and hatred and bitterness and all the stuff that we have going on and unforgiveness. It takes the power of the gospel. But guys are standing up here and they want to talk about kneeling. That's not the power of God. We need the power of God. And that's what's going to help to bandage people up. It's going to help. And then when we start allowing the the oil of God's spirit to flow. And the river of God's anointing to begin to be released. And we set people. He says, I love this. He set people on his own animal. Meaning, I'm not. Hey, listen. You get up to where where I've been so that I can help you to go where you need to go. There's sacrifice involved in that. Brought him to an end and said, took care of him. And all of us in this room, if you never had any bumps, just get your band-aids ready. Because life is going to have bumps. But we need a place, we need a people, we need a church that will look us in the eye and say, hey, we're going to help you out. And we don't have any cultural baggage or bondages and we don't have any foolishness that's stopping us from not just talking about it, but doing something to help you. Can I have an amen? Now, we're not, hey, we, we're not, I mean, we don't have the resources to help you forever. So you got to get up. Can I have an amen? I remember Pastor James Davis used to tell us all the time. He said, he said listen, sons, you got to understand what they say on the animal channel. You got to watch the animal planet. When a wildebeest has a baby in the field, he said, they will rally around the baby. But the baby, when it comes out, they can't spend 24 hours before they make a decision to start walking. When that baby comes out, It comes out weak and feeble, feeble, but it only has a certain period of time where it's got to start stretching and moving and getting up so it can run with the rest of the pack. 
It can't just stay there all night because the lions and the cheetahs. Can I have an amen? Elder Marvin, you just came from South Africa, so you saw some. Them, them lions don't play. So he would tell us, I can't sit here and feed y'all all day. You got to get up and start running with the pack, son. And you got to stretch yourself out. And you got to get your wobbly legs going. And you got to get in your Bible. You got to study and pray and get going. Because the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You got to start running now. You can't be a baby forever. He used to preach that too. Woo, that may be having a flashback. I'm having a flashback. So the same thing for us. We're going to help bandage you up. But you got to get up. He says here, 35, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. You know, as a church, our church is not a fluffy church. I don't want our church to be some church that is, you know, a suburban cruise ship. We're not a suburban cruise ship. I want this church, by the grace of God and the vision that God gave me, to be a battleship. I want us to be a people that we love our comforts. We love, we love what God has blessed us. I'm not saying that you got to fight every day. But, but what I am saying is, is that I, I, I love the fact that God has blessed us. Financially, he's blessed us. we got a great influence. But I never want to lose that edge as a church. Where we get so comfortable that we forget that our job is to get down, down and dirty with people. And take care of people that other people may walk by. Now, I want people that have been addicted to drugs to come to this church. I want people that have struggled in life to come to this church. I want people that have been through some rough moments in their lives and they come to this church and then by the grace of God, they start getting healed up. I want people to come to this church and feel like, man, these guys are classy, they're professional, they're doing their job, it's not wild, it's not crazy, it's not out of control, but man, it, the power of God is there, God's moving, but you know what? I had a tough situation and somebody was there just to cry with me, that they're not, they're not too cute, they're gritty, and, they're, and they'll get out there, and they're going to have fun, we have fun, you see, we have fun in this church. But we will cast the devil out somebody in, in a split second. Because we are not playing with the devil. Can I have an amen? And then we'll go back to shouting. So, saints, I'm saying this because we want to be good Samaritans. All of us. And we want to do the best we can as a church community to make sure that we never get to a place where we, we get so comfortable in our nice little two-hour chairs that we don't realize we got to get up and get out in these streets and try to help people that have been beat up by the world. Emotionally, spiritually. And then, 
Let me say this in closing. And then also understand that God, the sovereign God of the universe, is going to bring people in this church that may walk in the doors and they're smelly. They haven't changed their clothes. They're tatted up. They don't, they don't, have, they don't have anything. And they're broken. And they're beat up. And I want them to be able to walk in this church and say, man, you know what? I feel comfortable with these people. Even though they were in a suit. Even though they dress nice. Or even though they this or that. I feel comfortable. Nobody was looking at me funny. Nobody cared. There was no special seating in the church for some, some class of people over here. And then there's and some class of people over there. And all the professional athletes, they got one spot. Nobody can go over there. Am I preaching? That all the black people sit over there and all the white people sit over there. Can I have an amen, y'all? But this is what God's looking for. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.